All right. Good morning, everybody. Mike Courtney, Mass Mutual, Eastern Pennsylvania here on a beautiful November. I can't believe it's November. November, fall morning. Um, joined by by uh, my good friend and counterpart, Steve Parisi from IBC Global. Steve, welcome. How Thank are you, you today? Fantastic, my friend. You? Good. Real good. Phillies are in the World Series. They're up 2-1. Philadelphia Eagles are undefeated. And I'm just kind of trying to keep up and make sure I get enough sleep. And, uh, you know, <laughs> nice. Get some work done in between. Yeah. So uh, having a good, having a good couple of weeks here. Um, what the, and that's that kind of lines up with a little bit of what we wanted to talk about. We want to talk about um, having some fun with business. Um, I ha- I feel like the last couple of years I haven't been having very much fun. There hasn't been a lot of spark, and I've had some meetings recently that. Uh, got the juices flowing a little bit, and uh, I think that's really important, don't you? I 100% agree. You got to stick, keep that competitive drive or stay in the game. You know, everybody remembers when they first get in business, or maybe it's uh, sports, whatever it was, whatever your thing was that you were good at, but you do it for a long time, and then you find yourself getting bored and like, man, I used to enjoy this so much, but then all of a sudden something happens, maybe it's a you have a game or it's a meeting, a business meeting you have, like that reminded me of old times. Like I still got it and you start catching yeah, the yeah. fire again. Um, but yeah, I I thoroughly enjoy it. And those moments like, yeah, man, I still got it. And you go all in like that's, that's yeah. fun. Yeah. I had a joint meeting the other day um, with a, a, a broker uh, who's also a, a good buddy of mine who brings me out on cases sometimes. And it's a, it's a, it's always a, uh, it's always interesting because we have very different styles and yeah. really everything about he and I is very different age, background, everything, hopes and dreams, goals. Like we're, we're, we're polar opposites and these very old school uh, kind of insurance sales tactics that um, uh, for me are, are so cringeworthy. Um, and I just can't, I can't do it. And uh, it's not something I react well to. So whatever, we go out together. It's like this push and pull between uh, who's running the meeting. And he wants me to be like him, Mm -hmm. you know, like he wants me to, he'll identify a point in the meeting where he like pushes for the close and you see it. And it's like, he's like a, you know, it's like a, like a, like a mountain lion pouncing on prey. Yeah. And uh, I can't stand it, you know, like as a, just only because if someone did that to me, I would get up and walk out of the room. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but this particular meeting the other day just felt great because it was, it was really he and I working together in tandem uh, to educate a client, a prospective client uh, to take an application. Uh, we didn't, this guy didn't commit to anything, but it's a great potential case. And it's just a bit, it sounds strange to say, but it just felt like it's been a long time since I had been out like that in an uncertain situation with variables in the room and was able to kind of navigate through it mm-hmm. and get the app and get a commitment to move forward. And um, I mean, it sounds like such a basic thing, but it, it is basic, but at the same time, it, it's not. I mean, it's communicating with others and knowing when when they want to move forward, knowing when to ask questions, when not to ask questions. Yeah. Um, 
And, and that style you mentioned that you can't stand when someone's very, very big on pushing for the clothes, pouncing like a mountain lion. That happens a lot in sales, especially with, with life insurance sales and the in, in the industry as a whole. Um, but it doesn't mean that you have to do it that way. When I first got into the industry, there are a lot of scripts that were a lot like that. Um, I remember sitting in meetings with uh, one of my managers where he would like make the proposal and then he would like put his like hands on the table and just sit there with like silence between him and the prospect. I'm like, this is extremely uncomfortable. And I'm sitting here watching it. Like what, what's going on? He's trying to like force her to make a decision right there on the spot. Um, but like how I look at it is that works for some people. Um, some people buy products when they're pressured like that and they, I don't want to use the word appreciate, but they use those products and they seem happy with it. Um, they, need, my, they, they need that push. I guess I've heard that before. Yeah. Um, to your point. Usually the people selling that are the salespeople that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Selling mm -hmm. that approach. Co correct. Correct. To your point, if someone is pushing me like that um, and I'm not ready to move forward, a lot of times I'm going to become very resistant and push back. I'm like, I don't want to buy, not that I don't want the product, but I don't want to buy from you because I think that you're not taking the time to really educate me or make sure that this is a fit for me. You're just trying to get your sale, um, which I could definitely be wrong. But my point is other people are going to think like that too. So when you're in the moment with a potential client, You've got to be able to sense that. You have to read the room, like you said earlier. Um, because if you don't and you just start asking questions like, you know, are you ready? What are the next steps? Let's move forward right now. And someone's not ready. You can get that resistance. Um, I remember a couple of years back, someone was selling us a product. Um, it was for our, our training platform, like the, the actual system to host all of our videos that we sell, our, our ILS training academy. And I like the platform, um, we're still going through it. We haven't used it before. So there's a trial version, like, you know what? Everything always sounds good when you're talking to a salesperson. All the time, nine out of 10 times, sounds great. Okay, it looks like you can do everything we want, get ready to move forward. Um, Cheyenne's with me and she's like, let's just look at the trial. And, and I knew it's the smart thing too, because you know, I wanna feel it first. Um, but one of the salespeople there is trying to push for the close. I'm saying, hey, we need to get the credit card. We need the down payment right now. Um, that person walked out of the room. It was on a phone call, but they left. And then I'm talking to the, the first guy again. I'm like, you know what? We're just going to start with this trial. But I hear the other person come back, the manager, like, we're not getting the down payment now. And they came back on to try and push it. And I'm like, we're starting with the trial and we're not going to make a down payment right now. This is where we're at. <laughs> so I had to get a little bit strong with them. It, that, it felt just like that. I'm like, you got to let us do this because I'm not going to get into it and then find out there's something I don't like about it because I don't know it. Like, I don't understand it. And, and so you have to know who you're talking to. Like, you know, the disc profiles, like yeah. the, the assessment. So yeah. I'm I'm a higher on the blue side, analytical. Um, and, you know, I can talk about that all day. But how I look at it, whenever I'm working with someone who's high blue, because we get a lot of high blues, engineers and IT professionals that need the data, they want to look, they want to dig into it. Like if you try and push when they're not ready, it's not going to work or it's rarely going to work. Or you have to ask the right questions, provide more information, ask, uh, did, did you have a time frame in mind when you wanted to start? 
or have you seen enough to make a decision? Just, you know, make it very, very comfortable for them. So you're approachable. They don't feel tension. And then it can be nice and smooth. They like you, you like them. And eventually it works out. <laughs> you know, I think that's interesting. You've said that before. And it'll, and I'm just thinking now, identifying a timeline is um, a really effective way uh, to kind of disarm that situation. Because... It gives the, you know, if I'm if I'm the consumer in whatever that situation is, um, it does give me the opportunity, number one, to think about what my timeline, like how important is this to me? This is really important. I want to get this done right away. So I think we should start moving forward. Or, um, you know, it gives me the opportunity to say, like, I don't really have a timeline and I'm not 100% sure that, you know, this is something I'm going to be doing today. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like yeah. that. Yeah. Because if you say that, then I know, okay, they need more. You need more information. Let's look at different samples. So then, then what do you need? Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. And try and identify that timeline. But if someone says as soon as possible next month, hey, I'm ready to go, but I just have this, these one or two questions. By asking that question, that's one of my favorites. Do you have a time frame in mind as to when you want it to start? That helps them tell you everything that they need before they start the policy. Most of the time, sometimes they come back with questions afterwards. But again, my objective there is to keep them comfortable because if I try and push it like a stubborn pig head, as my mom might call me or one of my brothers, then if they're not ready, like it's just going to go south and then you're labeled as a jerk, even if it's the best product in the world and the best design to talking about the cash value life insurance product, like it doesn't matter. Like if they don't like you. Yeah, the question can't be aimed towards pushing the timeline. Mm -hmm. It's got to be really yeah. trying to understand what's yeah. going on. And, you know, maybe maybe you are at a point where you need to provide more info or answer more questions or mm-hmm. uh, take a step back. Yeah, it, it's part of the game. You know, there's there's so much you can learn from so many people. And when I work with business mentors, coaches, people who are very, very good at sales, a lot of times they'll teach you a lot. Um, but the things that I pick up more, the most from them are the the small word tracks or the small little things they say. It's always the details. They're like, really? That's it? Um, give you a, a, an example, which actually, yeah. So yesterday I was working on um, a ton of videos for a lot, some deep dive case studies just to really knock out a lot of content for our marketing. Um, so I type out everything as far as, you know, our slides on the board and we've got like 10 videos more than that. And I've got my last one just about done. I go and check the other slides and the board like erased everything. It's like two and a half hours of work. I'm like what on earth? So then I redo it all. Um, and then I start shooting videos and I'm feeling good because I'm like on my game and everything. Like this is going smooth. And then I'm like, hey, why is my microphone off here? I check oh. every video I did, <laughs> no audio. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Like this is one of those moments where you just want to like take this fancy camera you, ha- you have and just whip it against the wall because everything goes south. Right. Um, however, that's happened to me before. It doesn't happen much because I, I, I thought I checked that yesterday, but who knows? That stuff happens. Um, there's someone I, I spoke with like a year and a half or two years ago and something like that happened a couple of days before I spoke with this individual and she's younger than me, but does phenomenal in business. And she simply said, like, eh, I wouldn't view it as, you know, something to be frustrated over. I view it as practice. I'm like, you're right. Because when this happened to me before, usually when you do the videos again, they're that much better. 
So yeah. a short little thing like that. And you wouldn't have done them again otherwise. Correct. But now imagine when I do them again, they're going to be that much smoother when I do them later this afternoon and <laughs> catch up on everything. Um, but a short little thing, it's practice, right? And that's a more personal development. Um, someone else, um, how he lines up questions or if he has to say, say something difficult as far as a message to, to you, which happens with prospects and clients, he'll ask permission to speak freely. I'm like, yeah, man, like you have to ask yeah. me that. But he asks it first and it makes the other side extremely comfortable. So it's little things that we can learn from other people as far as the small word tracks. And if we like it, usually we like it because it makes us feel more comfortable. Think of it if you're the consumer, not because it's going to help you get something from a client. Hey, that makes me feel comfortable. Well, that means there's a good chance it's going to make someone else feel very comfortable when you talk to them like that or use those those words, those word tracks and phrases in there. So just learn from others and that'll help you really improve your game. So when you're in the moment, you've got a good relationship with the client and they end up moving forward. How, have you had issues? I mean, I'm sure you've encountered this, but have you had issues in the past that you've had to address and and how have you addressed this situation where, you know, from time to time, you're going to work with someone who is either wired in a certain way where they kind of are like pushy salesperson or maybe because of personal reasons are really like, you know, I, I'm, I'm desperate. I need this sale yeah. type of mentality. And have you worked with folks like that before? And how do you kind of get past that? Yeah, other agents you mean? Yeah, I have. Um, and it comes so like, up and the reason why I asked is I, because of the way that my role works, yeah, I'm regularly, um, I actually try to minimize it. Uh, my brokers will bring me out on cases from time to time, but then like there's an expectation that they're bringing me in as the closer. Yeah. You know, like it's their client, their relationship. I come into a room with them. I've never met this person before. And they want me to like jam this application down their throat and let's, let's close this deal. And that's always been really frustrating for me because number one, it doesn't line up at all with my personality or in any way how I interact with anyone ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and number two, it, it it always ends up like kind of sour grapes because like for a couple of times we're like, we left meetings that I thought were really good meetings. And I had a broker be like, yeah, I think you should have like pushed a little harder there. Like, yeah, I don't even know this guy, you know, like I, I thought that was a great meeting. Mm -hmm. And so now at least I, 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 I set boundaries up front this meeting I went on yesterday. I was very clear with this guy, like what my role was and what I was going to say and what I was going to do and just expectations, mm -hmm. you know, but yeah. have you personally, you know, have you worked with agents or had agents working for you where at some point in time you identified this person's kind of missing it or for whatever reason, this person's coming off as desperate or too yeah. hungry or, you know? Yeah, um, I have a number of times over the years and, and I, I get it. I always try and understand it from the other person's perspective. But, yeah. you know, when someone really wants a case to go through quickly so they can get paid and they're thinking, OK, what can we say to accelerate things for the client? Um, and I won't 
I won't do that to someone. I'm going to ask them questions and help them determine when it's best for them, which is usually quick because we've got all the information available and they say, okay, I'm ready to start. Um, but, you know, we've gotten cases, a couple come to mind when you ask that question. Um, there's been times, I remember an outside agent doesn't work for our company. Um, this is when we were doing joint work with other agents. We don't do that anymore. Um, but he said, hey, we've got this case. And I remember a phone call with them. He said, hey, with the design, like, would it be all right if we take a little bit more for ourselves and just increase that premium higher, which is like diff completely opposite from everything we believe in as far as how we design policies for clients. Um, and, it, you know, that's where I'm going to walk that fine line. Like it's your client. They're going to dictate to you how you should run your business. Um, but at the same time, this is how I do things because I know it's best for the client. It gives them exactly what they're looking for and maximizes the value. And then trying to help them see, like, what if it was you? What if you're the person that someone said, okay, can I take a little bit more right. commission, which reduces your value? Then what happens? How would you feel? And sometimes that helps the other person just realize, okay, maybe we shouldn't do that. Um, you know, and there's, I didn't explain that super clear, but I mean, we deal with that kind of stuff. I've dealt with it. In those kind of situations, I know that you're, you're not doing that so much anymore, but when you were, when you and the company were doing more joint work, yeah, what were, the, what was that like when you would get pulled on to calls? Mm -hmm. Like same kind of situation. I'm always uncomfortable with that. Like someone, it, it's one thing if somebody, if a bro, somebody says to me like, Hey Mike, I want you to come on this call with me and help out with some of these questions about the ins and outs of like how this rider works or mm -hmm. whatever, true. something about the company or something about a specific underwriting situation. When it's come on the call and help me close my client, that gets a little sticky. Um, yeah, right. For a variety of reasons. I mean, was that the case? Or was it more it could have the technical expert? No, it, it, it could have gotten stick it, it could have gotten sticky real fast. We had a case um within our company recently where someone was selling products that I'm like, well, what are you showing these to clients for? They they don't work. It's completely different from all of our marketing. It's not consistent. They're coming in for a steak, you're selling them a fish. Um and the guy was up front with me, which I appreciate. He goes, like the other products, like with the, the whole industry update, it's not cutting it. Like I'm not making enough money. The other products give me more money. So this way I can sell them and I won't even show the other ones. And what I said, he said that in front of our, our group and our entire sales team. So I'm like, you know, when I first got into this business, I struggled. I almost failed out of it. But the one thing I would never do, and I still won't do this, is sell a product that gives me more money and takes away from the client so I can survive at the client's expense. I struggled in the beginning, but the snowball effect does occur with this business because you've got the residuals. Like, I'm not going to do that to someone. Yeah. And that's all I had to say to him. I went, I talked to him the next day and he goes, hey, thank you for that. Sorry, here's what I'm doing now. He immediately adjusted. I didn't have to go back and have a difficult conversation with him yeah. because he, he responded. Um, and we've dealt with that with outside agents, you know, when they say, hey, like, we, I got to make more here. How I'm going to cut it. I'm like, I get it. Like, I've been there. It's difficult, but it's really just putting your head down, getting through the early years. And there's no business or, or no 
ultra successful company or business owner I know that just walked in and just you know made a million dollars the first day. Like it doesn't happen. You have to learn the game, meaning how to communicate with people. You got to learn the business, the product, everything. You're going to have growing pains. You're going to have this deal that you think, oh, this is going to be sweet. And then it blows up. They go to work with your competitor, whatever it might be. That's going to happen. But you'll learn so much through that. But just through that, like don't lose whatever your values are or your main mission. Don't try and take more. Um, So... I guess how I explain it is I'll always try and explain it as if it's me to help them see it. Because if I just come on and try and say, don't do that, and I come on strong, like it doesn't matter what the message is. It's usually not effective. Yeah, totally agree. So uh, message, like what are our, what's our buzz phrases for the day? Read the room. Yeah, read the room. Permission to speak freely. (laughs) We're like motivational speakers now. Yeah, right um, read the room is always important, though, in, in any kind of situation, obviously. Yeah, there's a lot of people I've met over the years um, who let me ask you a question. So you've been in, in this field for a long time. Who's the best person, you know, if you have to pick one, which is tough, the best person, you know, just being able to read the room, read individuals that are they're like, OK, I want them in a meeting with me every single time. <laughs> I don't know. Nobody nobody's like jump into mind yeah i've got a couple of peers um other brokerage directors who uh i really admire in that um yeah you know sometimes very successful salespeople or people who are very good um or really well established uh also can be like a little off-putting yeah to certain groups so right. it's you know or yeah. might um uh, be come off as condescending to certain people mm-hmm. um so it's rare to find someone who's got that like uber success and status um but humble. yet also is is very engaging with everybody everybody yeah, there's there's three people that that are always on my mind. But if I I had to pick one, like if I was forced to, um, it would be Elizabeth Morgan, the attorney. We've got a couple yeah, podcasts yeah. with. Okay. My goodness, I like when I see her interact. Like in I'm, any situation, couple words, top of her game. Yep, to putting herself in the other person's shoes. I'm like, oh my goodness, yeah. how'd she pick that up? And it, you know what? What I like. She's extremely humble. This is a, a well, ultra successful attorney, which with attorneys, you don't see much humility all the time. That That's just from my interactions. I'm not saying all attorneys are not humble. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when she's asking someone questions, like if she can sense a person who's trying to do the right thing and knows their stuff, but um, she can also like point out some things that they're completely off with that she could you know expose them for lack of a better word. She won't. She'll let people keep their dignity when appropriate, but at the same time, she'll She'll, she'll fight you if it's necessary. Um, having someone with that skill set, I was, I was impressed the first time I saw her in action, um, and every time I talked to her. Um, well, regardless pe- of what they do for a living or what yeah. their focus is, when you're connected with people like that, it just helps you with with just basic interaction. Yeah. Human beings, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. Which sometimes we forget. You know, I think like when when you and I, you know, you mentioned scripts and you know when you were starting out and i i 
started out the same way in sales. And I always struggled with that because it was, it just felt robotic or felt like I was, I, I can't read from a script, you know, like I, I need to be able to talk to people conversationally and somewhat casually, but find a way for it to also be professional and detailed and technical. Um, so that that's a real, you know, that just comes with time. I'm with you because a script, you feel like you have to stick to it. And if somebody throws you off, it's like, okay, what do I do now? I'm off the script. Whereas if it's conversational, like think of it this way. If you have to, if you're going to meet with someone, let's say a group of three high, high powered board members, and you've got two options, you can give a presentation PowerPoint where you talk the entire time, or it can be a 30 minute meeting, but maybe you've got your PowerPoint, but you're going to be asking questions, engaging them keeping it conversational the whole time, which one will you be less nervous about? Talking the whole time or asking questions? Asking questions. Right. It gives you time to breathe, think. They're talking. You can respond to their questions directly. They get to see how you respond to their questions, but also reset. If we just talk, 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 sometimes you find that feeling like, hey, I can't breathe here. It's just going up and up and up. Like, what's going on? Yeah. You don't have any opportunity to reset. Whereas if you're asking questions, now you've got those small moments there to when they're talking to okay calm down get back on my game mm-hmm. right right yeah. um well listen if anybody uh has any follow-up questions or wants to continue this conversation with either steve or myself or uh you know has any further thoughts we can address on a future podcast please feel free to reach out to either one of us i'm mike courtney mass mutual eastern pennsylvania this is steve parisi president and CEO of IBC Global. And we hope you guys have a great day. Thanks, Steve. Thank you, Mike. Enjoy.